This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Squeeze Kids! It's your daily news fix. Fun, free, fresh. Hello there and welcome to a very special Squiz Kids Q&A, part of our ongoing series of interviews with people in the news where you, the kids of Australia, get to ask the questions. I'm Amanda Bauer. On Friday, the opening ceremonies of the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games get underway after a one-year COVID delay. And so today, we're delighted to welcome to the Squiz Kids hot seat not one, but two former Australian Olympians to answer all your burning questions about what it's like to be in the Olympics. Matt Shervington is no stranger to the green and gold uniform. He was the fastest man in Australia for five years in a row, and he came fifth in the 100 metres at the Sydney Olympics. Now he's working for Channel 7 and is part of their broadcast team for the Tokyo Olympics. Matt Shervington, what a privilege it is to welcome you to the Squiz Kids hot seat. Thank you for having me on Squiz Kids. I can't wait not just to uh, answer the questions, but to talk about the Olympic Games, which has been more than a year for the athletes in delay. And uh, we cannot wait for the green and gold to... Uh, be the pride of Australia once we actually get the Games underway in Tokyo. I think we're all really excited for everything to get started. We'd also like to welcome to the Squiz Kids hot seat Emma George, who not only held the world record for pole vaulting for five years in a row, she also represented Australia at the Sydney 2000 Olympics. Emma, what an honour it is to have you here with us today. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to be here. Now, I wish I could tell you that Emma, Matt and I got together in a room to talk all things Olympics, but we couldn't make our schedules work for that. Thanks to the magic of audio, though, we've stitched the two Q&As together so that we can get the answers to some of the questions that our friends over at Squiz Kids for Schools asked. Not surprisingly, given that much of the country has lately been through or is still living through lockdowns, a lot of you were wondering about bringing together 11,000 athletes from 209 countries in the middle of a global pandemic. Noah, of Woodhill State School, asked a question on everyone's mind. Matt, I think we're going to throw this one your way. Hi, this is Noah from Woodhill State School in Queensland. My question is, how do you feel about the Olympic Games going ahead with COVID? As an athlete, I would have done anything. I, I, it wouldn't have bothered me. Um, and and to be honest, I've, I've been to... Uh, major events in areas that have been um, threatened by terrorism. Um, I've been to uh, major events that have been threatened by health conditions um, and I've chosen to, to go anyway. And I think as an athlete, you're so focused on competing that it doesn't bother you and you'll do anything you can. So you'll follow all protocols, you'll do everything that you need to do, whether it be wear a mask full time, whether it be um, get vaccinated, whether it be uh, be quarantined on the way home, whatever it is, whatever sacrifice you have to make, you'll make it. Now, I warned you both that Squiz Kids can ask some tough questions. Emma, here's one for you. Take it away, Genevieve. Hi, I'm Genevieve from Three Blue at St Elizabeth's in Brisbane. And my question is, is do some Olympic athletes use medicines to make themselves faster in the Olympic Games? Thank you. Jimmy, that's a tricky question because 
each athlete, you want to have your best preparation, but there are medicines that are banned and they're banned because, say, they might be performance enhancing. But you could have something like a common cold uh, and an adult might go and take some cold and flu just to, you know, stop the sniffles. But you can't do that as an athlete because um, it's got pseudoephrine in there and that is a banned substance. So as an athlete, you need to be very, very careful as to what you take. We've talked about the training and we've talked about having to be careful with medicine. Now, we have a question from Wyatt about one part of preparing for the Olympics that also just can't be avoided. Matt, I think we'll throw this one your way. Hi, I'm Wyatt from Cannon Hill State School. My question is, how much money does it cost to get into the Olympics? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think the difficulty there is that um, some sports cost a lot of money and and some sports um, not as much. So uh, let's use athletics as the example and, and, and the running events. And all you really need in regards to equipment is a pair of shoes, a decent pair of shoes. And there have been athletes over the years um, that have come from very, very humble backgrounds. Um, some of the best middle distance and long distance runners are from poverty-stricken countries like Kenya and, and Ethiopia. If I had to put a number on it, I'm going to say for a track and field athlete to get to an Olympic Games is probably going to be between you know $100,000 and $200,000 over an Olympic period. Um, minimally and then for some of the more expensive sports um, could cost millions of dollars to get to an Olympic Games. Whoa not cheap. And a lot of people think that you know when you become a a gold medalist and a a famous athlete you're going to be showered in riches and and, uh, make a whole lot of money and often that doesn't happen at all. All right but there's definitely honour and glory and the whole experience of being an Olympic athlete. Now, Angus has a question for Emma about what that's like. Hi, this is Angus from Exeter Public School in New South Wales. My question is, what does an average day look like for an Olympian? Angus, it really, that's a great question, but it really depends on what day um, that is. So I always thought the swimmers were really lucky because they were first up in the program. So they could um, swim, have their events, and then after that, They wouldn't have to worry so much. They could go and, you know, go to the video place or the movies. They could go and watch other people competing. They wouldn't have to worry about their diet and their sleep quite as much. So they could go and sort of enjoy the rest of the games. But for track and field athletes, you were trying to keep in your routine as much as possible. So you were trying to still retain your sleep but not be too excited about the fact that you're in the Olympic Village. And um, even in the food court, they had McDonald's, any amount you could eat for free, and all the ice creams in the ice cream cabinet for free so you needed to be very careful because you could actually put on quite a a couple of kilos before you competed so you had to use your willpower not to get um, not to enjoy yourself too much in the village until after you'd finished competing. Here's a great question from Ella Marie. Hi this is Ella Marie from Woodhill State School Queensland. My question is what do you like about being in the Olympics and what don't you like about being in the Olympics? Well That is a very good question. There's some challenging questions here from the kids. This might sound surprising, but the Sydney Olympic Games for me was one of the best times of my life, but it was also one of the most disappointing. So how could that be? You can you think everyone has such a great time at the Olympics, but 
I didn't perform as well as I wanted to. So in that regard, it was a little bit disappointing. I would have liked to have done better. But, you know, being at the Olympics was the most fantastic time. Being in the Australian Stadium there in Sydney with all the supporters was incredible. And I'll never have another moment like that in my, in my life. Matt, you obviously loved it enough to come back and be an Olympic broadcaster. Now, you've got to get across so many different sports, including some new ones in Japan. What should we be watching out for? We have sports climbing, which is kind of like rock climbing, but they have a number of different sort of categories of sports climbing. So they have um, speed climbing where they race up a rock wall as fast as they possibly can. They do bouldering, which is more technical. Um, We also have surfing, which is brand new. And of course, Australia is awesome at surfing. Japan is very good at surfing too. Freestyle BMX, which is kind of competed at a skate park. And we have a newly crowned world champion and a guy called Logan Martin who's going to compete. Um, We also have skateboarding, um, which is uh, basically a freestyle event too, where they have tricks and flips and grinds all in a skate park and and the best athlete wins at the end of the day and and we have five Aussies going over and competing there and and, uh, we're a real chance to do well over there as well in that event. All right so with that many sports here's a tricky question for you from Archie who's in grade two at Trinity Catholic School in Murrumburra. What sport is considered to be the most difficult? Oh, do you know what? For for someone that used to run in a straight line, pretty much everything outside of those of those white lines were very difficult for me. Um, um, I'm going to say pole vault. And if you've ever seen pole vault, it's it's basically you have to get over this high high bar, and the men jump around six meters, and the women jump around five meters, and you have to run up with the pole, and you have to plant the pole in the box, and then you have to launch yourself, catapult yourself, basically over the bar as high as you can. Um, it is extremely athletic. It's extremely strength-driven and something that I've never even attempted because it looks so scary and so, so difficult. Well, Emma will be thrilled to hear that from you, Matt. Well, Emma Emma was kind of... She was the legacy leader. She was the pioneer of women's pole vault in Australia. She And I'm sure she's told you the story, but um, she really led the way. Emma, congratulations on being Matt's hero. Here's a follow-up question from another student at Trinity Murrumburra, Zoe. Hi, my name is Zoe from Trinity Catholic School in Murrumburra and my question is, doesn't the pole vault hurt? Most of the time it doesn't because you're falling on nice soft mats. But I can tell you, I've hit the bar and it's come up and whacked me in the nose, in the face, and that hurts. Or if you knock the bar off, And the bar can land on the mat first and then you land on top of the bar. So when I'm talking about the bar, that's the bit that you jump over. You've got your pole that you use to help you leap over the bar and you can land on the bar on the mat and that hurts. But the thing that hurt the most for me was I was jumping over in Switzerland and it was 10 days before World Championships and it was a bit of a smaller mat and I planted a little bit crooked and I... Jumped over the bar, but I totally missed the mat. So I landed from about four and a half metres on my back. But generally it doesn't hurt. It's only if you have a couple of accidents. But it is the most fun sport in the world. You should definitely try it. (laughs) I'm guessing most Olympic athletes feel that way about their sport. Otherwise, they just couldn't put in the hours to get as good as they are. Here's a great question from Glen Innes Public School in New South Wales. Hi, this is Jack from Glen Innes Public School. Who do you reckon is the best athlete? Gosh, that's a tricky question. 
There are so many amazing performances at Olympic Games and, you know, you could, me- you could measure the best Olympian by the one who's won the most gold medals. But I would say for me, um, probably because I have a personal attachment to her, but it would have to be Kathy Freeman. And she won one gold medal at the Sydney Olympic Games, so it wasn't about the amount of medals she won, but she's such an incredible... Uh, person and an ambassador as well for Aboriginal people and she did such a good job at the Sydney Olympics. She was under so much pressure to, I mean, these kids probably wouldn't remember, but um, she lit the cauldron there at the Olympics, played a huge part in the opening ceremony and everybody in Australia was counting on her to win a gold medal. She had all the pressure in the world and being in the stadium when she ran her 400 metres, you would just, you couldn't hear anything. It was so silent at the start of the race. And then it was just this unbelievable noise. And I think it's probably the greatest sporting moment in Australian history when Cathy won that race. And um, for all Australians, and I just think that she is probably, you know, the best Olympian and created one of the most magic moments that you would see in sport. I'll pop a link in your episode notes for you to discover or rediscover that incredible moment. You've both been so generous with your time and I think we're all feeling pretty fired up for the games. Matt, you're going to get the final question, which comes to you from Wood Hill State School in Queensland. Unfortunately, Havana's audio recording had some gremlins in it, so I'm going to ask it for her. What's so important about the Olympics? The one thing that stands out for me and the way I describe the Olympic Games and why it is so amazing, you know how when there's a, an NRL or an AFL grand final on or a state of origin and everyone's talking about it on that day or the couple of days leading into it? Well, imagine there's 17 or 18 or even 25 NRL grand finals or AFL grand finals or state of origins on the one day in one city and that goes for 16 days straight it is one of the most amazing things and there's nothing else like it emma george and matt shervington thank you for taking the squiz kids hot seat will you do the honors oh it's been so fun being with you guys now get out there and have the most excellent day over and out Squeeze Kids is proudly supported by the Judith Nielsen Institute for Journalism and Ideas. Squeeze Kids! It's your daily news fix. Fun. Free. Fresh.